You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, December 12th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. Also, go check out Just Baseball if you want to see where I got this nifty old sweet hoodie that I've been wearing the past few episodes. Go check out that website. And for all the content that we're going to be having, I think uh, the Twitter is back uh, for the for the website, which is very, very exciting. Um, you can find some of my writing there, especially towards the end of the year as we kind of look back on 2022 as a whole. But for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about just baseball. Obviously, we're not. And we're not even talking about best moments of the year for the Padres. That's, that's for the end of the year. That's going to be a little treat. Instead, today I want to talk about pitching. I want to talk about the Padres pitching situation, their rotation, and what kind of free agents are out there. Because this year, there's still some pitchers left. We've had some really major signings with Jacob deGrom going to the Rangers, right? That was probably the most blockbuster one that happened. You had Justin Verlander, obviously, going to the Mets. DeGrom, not DeGrom, what's his name? Uh, Clinton Kershaw went back to the Dodgers. Tyler Anderson went to the Angels on a three-year deal. There's There's been some signings here, here and there. Um, but we've got, uh, we've got a pitching situation in San Diego. And that is because right now, as it currently stands, Padres don't have too much of a fifth starter right now. Uh, and by too much, I mean, basically none at all, (laughs) which is kind of the big question for the team. And considering that they had just signed Xander Bogarts, a signing that was extremely fun, might I add, uh, the big thing that the Padres probably are going to turn their attention to is pitching. And I thought it felt worthy to talk about it because over the weekend, Kodai Senga, hopefully I'm saying that um, name correctly, uh, signed with the New York Mets for a fairly team-friendly contract. And it was interesting because that was one of the players that reportedly the Padres are interested in. Granted, every team in baseball seems like they were interested in him. I imagine it's, one, the talent, and two... Players coming over from Japan tend to not necessarily garner immediately the giant megalodon contracts that other guys like your Aaron Judges um, tend to get for obvious reasons that Japan isn't necessarily on on the same level of Major League Baseball, at least not yet. Um, And a lot of Padres fans, obviously, of course, wanted that. And my reaction to that is that would have been a great deal, I think, for any team. The five years, 70 million that he got reportedly, uh, that would have been great for any team. Don't get me wrong. But there are still some really interesting options out there. Before we talk about that, though, the Padres currently have in their rotation, just as a little refresher, they've got Mr. Cotton Eye Joe Musgrove, who broke the record recently for throwing in the North Pole. I don't know what, what the heck it was. I didn't read the full article. I'm going to be totally transparent about that. But I saw it break some record. It sounds about right. You know what I mean? That's just, just Joe Musgrove things. Making history, whether it be the first no-hitter in franchise history or it be throwing ice in the snow or whatever the heck he was up to. Uh, love Joe Musgrove. So he's there. You've got you Darvish who had a really great season, uh, a great season. But I think that while he did have a great season, I just think at his age, considering the strikeout rate went down that it is at least we should expect, not expect, but you know, hope for the best prepare for the worst with you Darvish. It, there could come a drop off 
he is you Darvish and he is a player that I trust more than a lot of other pitchers to be able to adjust of age and to be able to fine tune their mechanics better than almost anyone. I feel like he can make up for it as we saw in 2022, but bottom line is he's still going to be a little bit older and I don't want to, you know, guarantee and just, just write it in that he's going to be awesome this year. Uh, and I think that that's important when discussing the Padres rotation. And then you have Blake Snell, who is the most, one of the more interesting starters in baseball. I, I really do believe that. And it's because, number one, the amount of stuff that the Padres traded for him, right? Mm. Clearly, looking back, looks like they might have, yeah, they, they, they bought high on Blake Snell. Coming off of that game in the World Series in which he... Nearly blanketed the Dodgers. He was excellent and then infamously got pulled from the game because analytics suck. And, you know, that he goes to the Padres and he's dreadful his first year. Absolutely dreadful. Then at like the end of the year, after they fire Larry Rothschild and they kind of, you know, go to a different approach with his pitching, focuses more on fastball slider and is one of the better strikeout pitchers in baseball. Um, still has an issue with walks, still has an issue with efficiency, but one of the better strikeout players in baseball the problem is that he was also really inconsistent this year he was a first half second half type of guy um so i don't know necessarily what to expect from him in terms of a full complete season and getting the padres to the playoffs in the first place in terms of his overall talent you could argue he might be the best overall pitcher on the team i think that there are some nights when he goes five innings strikes out eight and allows like one hit and that's it and he can do that multiple times against very good teams and we saw that this past year. And we saw it, obviously, when he won that Cy Young with Tampa back in 2018. Um, but there is a question about the consistency because it was basically in the second half that all of Blake Snell's value uh, came into play. Now, don't get me wrong. He was excellent. I mean, if you want to go by baseball, friends, finishing with a two-war, considering how bad he started off with an injury to boot uh, before opening day, like, it's... He had a pretty good season, all things considered. Um, but that being said, there are still some questions there. And then lastly, you have Nick Martinez, who the difference between his ERA as a starter versus his ERA as a bullpen uh, guy, a long inning sort of reliever, it's like a 2.2 versus a 4.4 as a starter. Not the worst in the world, especially when you consider that they only use him there sparingly. And I think that that's the interesting thing about the Padres situation right now. With Martinez, I don't know if having him as a starter is their number one goal, right? I think that they like to have him as a starter just in case someone else misses, right? If someone else gets hurt, that he's like this weird Swiss army man type of relief pitcher. And I don't, they're not many, there aren't many of those in baseball. A guy who we've seen pitch as a starter quite frequently and still can, a guy who can be the closer, although I don't necessarily love him in that role because he's not necessarily a, a wipe you away type of guy. Um, kind of nips the corners, uses his change up a little bit more. And then you've got him sometimes doing multiple innings, right? You saw what he did in the playoffs. I kind of like that he's ready for any situation. That's It's really, really a nice signing for the Padres, I think, assuming that he doesn't regress and some of his expected stats don't come to, back to bite him, right? But, you know, it's, it's really going to be tricky. I don't know exactly um, where the Padres are going to go. But, yeah, I mean, just I'm just looking at, like, right now, the uh, the difference between Blake Snell in the first half and the second half and it's 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 pretty wild five point two two ERA in the first half of this past season for Blake Snell two point nine or two point one nine in the second half just absolutely wild I don't know what's going on there hopefully he figures it out so the question is who fills out that last spot the first name everyone's going to bring up is Carlos Rodon currently still the number one overall free agent available and 
I've heard things all over the place. I've heard this guy's getting a contract with a two in front of it, which seems positively wild. It is a wild gamble on a guy who has had his fair concerns of health, right? He's been very injured and out. Even his breakout um, season in 2021 kind of got cut short because he got really hurt. In 2022, he was awesome for the Giants. And I think it speaks volumes that Rodon was awesome despite having one of the worst defenses in baseball, if not the worst, behind him with the Giants. I mean, everybody regressed on that team defensively. It was bad, right? So I have no doubt about his talent. None. I think you can make an argument that someone like DeGrom, someone like Verlander, that there are more questions about his act, their actual skill than um, you know, than, than their, uh, their overall value, I think. And the problem with Rodon is going to be health. Granted, those guys that I just mentioned, it's all like health-related reasons. We don't know if the ground shoulders messed up and blah, 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 blah. Carlos Rodon, for me, is just a player that the Padres aren't going to be in on. And I'm saying this <laughs> knowing that every time I've said, oh, the Padres, don't, they spent a lot of money. I don't think that they're going to do it again. Every time I say that, they keep going. They trade for Soto. They trade for Snell. They trade for Darvish. They... They signed Nick Martinez, and then, of course, they signed Xander Bogart. So I may eat my words with this, but I just feel like there are other teams out there that are more desperate for starting pitching than the Padres. Padres are in like a like a DEFCON 2 situation, in my opinion, for starting pitching. Um, and what I mean by that is DEFCON 4 is like you are the Los Angeles Angels, or you are – who's another team that desperately needs starting pitching? Um Maybe the St. Louis Cardinals, right? Teams like that that really, really, really could use a killer number one starter right now. The Padres at least have four guys who you feel pretty okay about in theory. You know what I mean? And I think that people have to remember that there are a lot of teams in worse positions and everyone could always use more pitching. This isn't some unique, oh my God, guys, we need pitching situation the Padres are in. I think that they can settle for someone in the back end of the rotation. So I don't think Grodin will be a target. It would be incredible if they did do that. I don't know how they could if reportedly the $200 million type of asking price is on the table. But don't sweat it. Don't sweat it, folks. There's going to be another team out there that's going to pay a lot for him. And the Padres can maneuver around this. And considering their lack of depth, considering they don't have a five-starter, and more importantly, considering that they don't have many options in the minors with Ryan Weathers, uh, just seeming like he might have had the luckiest like opening stretch to a career ever. That's what it looks like with Ryan Weathers because he's been dreadful ever since the second half of 2021 and also in the minor league. So I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he just got extraordinarily lucky and he's not that great of a pitcher and that what we saw was a little bit more of a mirage, but that's just me. Um, but before we continue, I want to tell you something about, about something that is not a mirage, ladies and gentlemen. It's always there for you. It's consistent and it is legit. You know what that is? BetOnline.net, of course, your number one source for sports betting odds, info, stats, news, and analysis. It's fantastic, guys. I love this site. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. <coughs> still still a tiny bit sick, folks. Tiny bit, but I'm doing better. I, I took this medicine that gives me like a metallic taste. Oh, it sucks. Um, so if I start drinking water in the middle of something, that's why. Anyway, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. They've had the World Cup stuff. They've got football. If you saw last night's Sunday Night Football game, you saw the social media quarterback um, beat the Dolphins. Crazy, crazy upset there. It was wild. Uh, and they've got esports and stuff, which is great. 
and they'll probably have stuff for award shows going forward and what have you. So go check that out. They've also got sports podcasts there and most importantly, mobile, mobile device or website. They got you covered either way. That's big. It's fast. It's easy. Bet on where the game starts. Mm. Man, really good, really good, really good. So, as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, um, hmm, the Padres, I mentioned that, look, they they need more depth in their rotation. I do not think that they need a lights-out number one starter. And in fairness, it's not like there's too many of those left. I already talked about everybody who signed. But they are seriously lacking farm help, right? They gave up Robert Gasser in the trade for Josh Hader, which we'll save that for another day. Um, they just don't have much help in the minors, unless you believe that Ryan Weathers is going to come out next year in the first half and return with a bang and the Padres call him up. I hope that situation doesn't come because it means that they need him. And I don't want to force Ryan Weathers up when his stock is at an all-time low, right? Is there anyone else there that the Padres could trade for? Pablo Lopez is the name seemingly that comes to mind. Um, I don't know what the Marlins would ask for. I don't have as much of a, a beat on the Marlins. Maybe I might have to talk to my guy, uh, Peter Pratt of Lockdown Marlins. Go check out that podcast to have a little bit more of an understanding of whether or not the Marlins would, how, how much they want to move him. He's the definition of a, just a solid starter. He started off really well in 2021, finished, eh, whatever. He kind of regressed to what he should be. But the key here is that the Padres don't need someone who's going to be elite, right? Because they already have those four guys that I mentioned. So Pablo Lopez as a five starter, holy cajoli, that's awesome. And I know, longtime listeners of the pod might remember that I was all in on the Sean Manaya trade. Now, to defend myself just a little bit, I liked Manaya trade because he was going to be the five starter, right? He was not a guy you were trading to be a lights out, like an all-star quality pitcher. Instead, it was more... Hey, he's a five-star. He can eat up innings, and he can get a decent amount of strikeouts, right? And he, Bob Melvin was his manager before. So that's pretty cool, right? Instead, he becomes one of the worst starters in baseball, with the exception of Mike Clevenger. For the record, you know, Sean is still out there for free agents. He is. And I think that that's a really interesting choice if the Padres were to go in that direction. Um, if they just want to sign someone for cheap and then maybe get another pitcher, right? That way you can move um, Nick Martinez to the bullpen, use him there more. I wouldn't mind that. Um, some other names that I think that are very interesting are Wade Miley. Uh, Wade Miley is just, that dude has been in the league forever. <laughs> Wade Miley, that's what it feels like anyway. He's 36, but what I like about Wade Miley is just in general, he is consistent. And I actually think he's a little bit slightly undervalued. He had a really good season with the Reds and then moved to the Cubs. It was not so great. I don't know. I like the guy. I think that it's interesting that his home run fly ball rate was exceptionally low this year, but he still didn't have that great of a season. You know, uh, if you just want to look at, you know, his ERA and stuff, but even still 3.16 ERA, he didn't pitch much this year when he was healthy. He was okay. And then the previous season back with the reds, he was like a fringe fringe all-star 3.37 ERA. His expected stats have never been great. Don't get me wrong. But Wade Miley, as a guy, if you just want someone to potentially eat up innings, is not too bad. I actually like the guy. And I love looking at his absolutely crazy headshot that he has. He's like, like he looks nuts. Go look up his headshot when he was on the Reds. The guy looks like a psychopath. <laughs> um, so Wade Miley isn't bad. And I know what you're thinking. Well, what about the actual cool names, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, there are too many um, big-time names left. 
Nate Evaldi and Chris Bassett are easily the top two guys left. My feeling is between those two, I think that what's going to happen is I think Chris Bassett, someone's going to overpay heavy for him. Hmm. I think that could be the Red Sox. Red Sox are a team that desperately needs some starting pitching. Bassett has looked brilliant at times, getting a lot of strikeouts. I know that he wasn't great in the playoffs. I know that in big games he has tended to disappear a little bit, but not bad, 34 years old. But I just smell an overpay coming, and I smell that teams that are more desperate, like a Cubs, like a Red Sox, like a, I don't know, what's another good example? Like a Twins, teams like that might be a little bit more desperate. Forget the twins; they never spend money that much. Um, so that that's my thing is I think Bassett might be out just because there are going to be teams a little bit more desperate, similar to Rodon. And I don't think the contract that Bassett gets is going to equivocate to what his actual value is. At least in my opinion. Again, I would not be upset if the Padres signed Chris Bassett whatsoever. I like his strikeout stuff, and he's been pretty good ever since leaving the A's. And I like buying players who left the A's. That's just a little rule of mine because players who leave the A's tend to be quite good, except for Sonny Gray that one year when he went to the Yankees. But other than that, I don't know. I just trust those guys. I don't know. I don't, I don't have much more analysis than that for you. But, you know, 26 and strikeout rate, not bad. Um, and then the other name there that I just mentioned, Nate Evaldi, he is a guy who if you pull up his baseball smart page, you're going to get nervous. You're going to say, oh, God, this guy, his hard hit rate stinks. His barrel percentage stinks. His expected batting average stinks. His, you know, exit velocity stinks, right? But what he does have is consistency. Throws a lot of innings, and although the fastball velocity has gone a little bit up and down um, for him by each year, this is a guy who used to throw like 97 um, at points throughout his career, which was, which was wild. And then this past year, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I get it right, he threw 95.7 miles per hour. Previous year, 96.8. And then the year before that, he was 97.3, and the year before that, 97.5. So it just shows a little bit of a trend that he's throwing a little bit slower for a guy who, granted, isn't a super strikeout pitcher, but he does get people to chase. Um, 81st um, percentile in chase rate. And most importantly, the reason why I like him is while the velocity is going down, as a fifth starter, he simply does not walk batters. And that, for me, is big time. That, for me, is... Why I would be very interested, especially if he's the five starter in Nate Evaldi. But again, I think that there's a lot of teams out there that are starved for starving, starting pitching a lot more than the Padres. And I just think that someone's going to overpay, um, especially with Bassett. Everybody got to see him more on the Mets, more primetime games. And for, I think, it, I think, was it him who got hit in the jaw? That was scary. So he's made a great bounce back from that. But I don't know. That's just me. I don't think either of those players are going to end up signing with the Padres because I think that other teams are going to overpay because they need more stable starting pitching than the Padres do. But it's okay. It's okay, folks, because there's still some other names out there. Still some other interesting names. You know what I mean? Um, maybe not names that will get you all jazzed up and what have you, but it's okay. Remember, I, I know that they never listened to me on this, but the Padres don't necessarily need superstars. They just need a whole lot of depth. I never want again to see them have to sign at the end of the season in a playoff race, Vincent Velasquez or Jake Arrieta, those type of pitchers, right? I don't want to see them go out there and sign, you know, uh, Mike Fultonevich. Yeah, that, that was mean. 
Uh, Dallas Keuchel is a better example, right? A guy who used to be great, right? Same thing with Velasquez and especially Arietta. And you sign him in because you're desperate and you go for name value and that guy can't get the ball over the plate. Super, super slow. I'm fairly certain his fastball uh, miles per hour is like 84 at this point. I'm lying, of course, but I it, I honestly might not even be far, far off. I'm going to look that up in just a second. Um, but there are still some other names that I'm interested in. We're going to talk about those really quickly. But first, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> here's the thing. Let me, tell you, let me take a little sip of tea. Mm. Late night tea is the best. At Lockdown Padres, we believe, you know, home should be where you and your family feel safe, especially over the holidays, right? That's very important. You know, you're going to be hanging out. You're going to have people over. You want to celebrate with gifts and presents and galore. Well, you want to be protected. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering you, the Lockdown Padres listeners, 40% off a new security system. Don't put it off. Let me just tell you why I like it. You know, peace of mind. Does that sound like a cliche? Well, it is, but it doesn't mean it isn't true. All right. And it's great. And what I love is, you know, just a couple weeks ago, actually, that. Um, there was actually like a break in a, a neighbor's uh, place next to me where I live. And my mom was like, well, thank God we have this stuff. I mean, it makes us it makes us nervous. Like, it makes you scared. But it's a harrowing experience that I don't want to ever go through. And also, what I like about them is they've got really clear HD feeds and they've got 24-7 monitoring. They've got professionals standing by so they can alert people if someone is, if burglars are entering your house. Even if you're not home, they'll send, you know, they'll, they'll call uh, what's it called? Local authorities and help you out and keep everything safe and tidy and what have you. And Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. That's right. It's not just me speaking. It's the the people. You know what I mean? The 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 critics have spoken, right? Uh, and it's the third year in the row uh, that they've won that award. So guys, what are you waiting for? Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. 40% off. Go check it out, guys. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're keeping it moving. And yeah, for the record, I'm looking at um, the fastball velocity. It's 87. No, it's, it's 87.9 miles an hour. And his sinker is 87.9. So, yeah, poor Dallas Keuchel. Gets a little bit too much crap. I, I know he's bad now, but gets a little bit too much crap. That guy was pretty good for multiple years, including a Cy Young season. So, shout, I don't want to be mean to Dallas Keuchel. He seems like a fine guy. Um, in terms of other free agents, though, um, in terms of other free agent starting pitchers, there's some interesting names out there. But for the most part, I'm at a point where it wouldn't – I don't think with Senga gone, with even Tyler, Taiwan Walker gone, with Jose Quintana gone, with Jamison Tyone gone, who got a four-year deal with the Cubs, which I was surprised by, he's, I thought he might be a sleeper too because he might have been one of those guys that, you know, just it took him some time to recover from the multiple Tommy Johns that he'd had. And considering all that, he was really effective. So maybe the Cubs are buying on the fact that he's going to get better and going to reach the status that he was before all those injuries. Not a bad bet to make for the Cubs. 
Um, Taiwan Walker signed a four-year deal with Philly. I think they paid him a whole lot. Uh, I'm curious to see if he can keep up what he's done the past two years. Interesting pitcher. Would have loved him personality-wise. Right? I actually think he would have been a fun kind of player to have around. He seemed like he was great with the Mets, but nonetheless, he's gone. I talked about Wade Miley already. I talked about um, Sean Man- Oh, hold on. Give me a minute. Nathan Evaldi. Why did I get those names mixed up? Man, I need to go to bed. This 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 uh, sickness of mine, this COVID sickness of mine, just short-circuiting my brain, let me tell you. Um, talked about Chris Bassett already. Kyle Gibson signed a one-year deal with the Baltimore Orioles. Congratulations to the Orioles on figuring out how to spend money. Corey Kluber is a name out there. I would love him for nothing more than vibes. Unfortunately, though, Corey Kluber would most likely be nothing more than vibes. He's had some moments. He threw a no-hitter for the Yankees back in, I believe, it was 2022, uh, which was which is pretty rad. And everybody knows what he's capable of. He's been a dynamic pitcher in his career. He's won a couple Cy Youngs. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, that stretch from 2014 to 2018 was immaculate. The F4 was off the charts. He won those Cy Youngs for a reason. And again, these past years, not elite, but low-key this past year, three F4 with the Rangers. And a big part of that, might, not with the Rangers, with the Rays. So that's interesting considering that, oh God, I can't speak. <clears throat> Hold on, folks. Give me a second. Uh, 4.34 ERA with the Rays this year. That's interesting. And it's not like his strikeout percentage is through the roof anymore as much as it used to be. I think that it was just some bad Rays defense got involved there. At 37, you could probably sneak Corey Kluber on like a one-year deal. And I would want him back for the vibes. You know why? One, because I've always enjoyed watching him as a personality. I love the video of his teammates throwing the flower on him and him not even moving. I just think he's hilarious. Um, And most importantly, he um, is a former Padre. And I think that the vibes of bringing in a former Padre that they should never have traded, although granted, they couldn't have thought that some dude who looked like his upside was innings eater, fifth starter on a bad team at one point that he came up and was incredible. But for me, I just kind of like what I'm seeing. Hard hit rate isn't too bad. 76 percentile, average exit velocity, 8th percentile. And like we talked about with Evaldi, 99 percentile walk percentage. He's not giving up guys. Yes, the velocity has dropped. Yes, he's not striking out guys as much as he used to. But he's getting guys to chase and has a good walk rate. I feel like Kluber is just a more discount version of Nate Evaldi because of the age and because of the injury history. I think Kluber would make a fine, fine get for the Padres, especially if they can make another move and get another uh, starting pitcher maybe that has a little bit more depth, right? That way, Mick Martinez, like I said, can maybe head to the bullpen in that role and what have you. That's what I would prefer. Um, But for me, I don't know. Seems like a smart pitcher. Would not mind a one-year deal for Nate Evaldi, and I think a very smart team, not Nate Evaldi, Corey Kluber, and I think a very smart team is going to do that because I think they're going to look at, I'm telling you, I just think that Evaldi, I think they're the same thing. It's just that Evaldi is younger, which counts for something. But, you know, you've got Rich Hill out there, another perpetually injured uh, pitcher that when he's on there, he's pretty effective. you got Ross Stripling, Zach Granke, but don't get too excited. It's not that Zach Granke. Would be great for vibes, though. Love that dude. I don't know if you guys saw the um, athletic story that was run um, a few months back about Zach Greinke's, like, the funny stories they have about him. But he's a blast. Like, he's absolutely a blast. Go check that story out. It's a great piece of reporting. Um, so, Greinke would be great vibes. Andrew Heaney. 
that would is would have been a really interesting signing for the Padres. But unfortunately, two year deal with the Rangers. Ever since that dude left the Yankees, and it sounded like it's not even sounded. It looked like he was having the worst time of his life. Went to the Dodgers. It was very effective. So I think that was a smart signing there. Um, you've got uh, Michael Waka. God, Michael Waka. He is the perpetual. Wait, if he just does this right, if he just does this right, if this just bounces this way, type of pitcher. He is going to have an awesome season somewhere. I just don't know where. <laughs> Michael Walker. I don't know where. I don't know if it'll be in like three years. Because believe it or not, he's still only 30 years old, which is not old at all uh, in the in the context of things. Um, so, I don't know. Could it be with the Padres? Sure. Maybe new Ruben Diablo can, can work some magic. He could stay a little healthy. But uh, I don't know. Michael Walker just feels like he's going to be really frustrating um, as a player, even if he's not that bad. I just, I just don't trust him, and I don't trust that his three point three two ERA, which is the lowest that he had um, this past season with Boston, um, since let's see here, I believe it was 20, 2015. or no, hold on, twenty eighteen. My apologies. Uh, that's his lowest ERA. After that, he's had a four point seven. He's had a six point six and a five. I just don't trust it. Heading into a free agency period, I don't want to deal with Michael Waka. I'm telling you, he will have a really great, fun season for a team that needs it. I just don't know when it's coming. And I hate betting on guys like that. Um, Mike Miner, Jordan Lyles, Drew Smiley, another one of those. Uh, I'm telling you, that guy's talented, man. He's like the hipster sleeper pick. People who eat and breathe baseball love saying, oh, Drew, My- Drew Smiley, he's not that bad. He's pretty good. You know, everybody loves doing that with Drew Smiley. That, I, I swear, just never comes to fruition. That being said, though, only 33 and not nearly as awful as some other, as um, um, Michael Waka's downside has been. So that would be an interesting name. And that's kind of it. I mean, there's some other names, obviously. Eric Feed, Joe Ross, Michael Lorenzen, Ryan Yarbrough, Michael Pineda, who's a name for those who remember the infamous Pine Tar incident. Um, Aaron Sanchez, Carlos Martinez, who's only 30 years old. Old buddy Zach Davies, vibes on him are atrocious for a, a bunch of reasons that we don't have to talk about here. Chase Anderson, who I, full disclosure, I thought Chase Anderson was going to be amazing. I really did. I thought he was going to be awesome uh, back when he was with Milwaukee. Chad Cool, already talked about um, Dallas Keuchel. One interesting free agent is Noah Syndergaard. And I have no idea what to think of that dude. Because on the one hand, the best case scenario for Syndergaard would be that last year was his rehab year. Similar to what happened with Clevenger. That he actually was not too bad, right? The hard hit stuff was solid. He didn't walk players. Um, He did not have the same chase stuff that he always had. And he did not have a lot of spin stuff. But he was okay. And he was actually like a solid get for the Phillies. I I liked him. Nothing super impressive, right? Nothing that's going to blow your socks off. He does not have a high strikeout percentage, 16.8%, in fact, this past year. But, but, 30 years old, he's been elite before. I I think Syndergaard might be one of the most interesting options for the Padres. I think he's going to command a little bit more than a one-year deal. Wouldn't be surprised if I saw a two- or even four-year deal, because I think other teams think that there's still something left there. This is still one of the uber-talented pitchers in baseball when he was healthy back in the day, right? Like, he had a lot of great moments. He was awesome for the Mets on their playoff runs. I mean, they called him Thor for a reason, right? Like, he was awesome. 
if the Padres could sneak in and get this guy and then get like Corey Kluber, like I mentioned, am I banking on a lot of name value there? Of course I am. I mean, that's just part of it, but I don't mind that. And if Kluber gets hurt, which he often does, or Syndergaard, you have Nick Martinez that you can slot in there. I don't know, man. That's That to me sounds like a decent way to get your fifth spot uh, in this rotation. I really like it. Kluber on a one-year deal. Syndergaard, maybe a couple years. I don't know. And then you go out and sign Michael Conforto. And that's an all-star superstar offseason right there. Boom! You know what I'm saying? Javier Reyes just fixed, fixed the San Diego Padres. Mm. But no, seriously. I think that Syndergaard is very interesting. And the Padres should keep an eye on him. Just because it's possible that he, the Angels were a little bit of a rehab year. I know the strikeout percentage is bad. It's scary, in fact, for a guy who used to be electric at times. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal stuff, but I don't know. I don't hate him, and I know the expected stats aren't great, 4.43 ERA, but I just think it was his first year back after a long offseason and with a crappy Angels team that just everything goes wrong for them. I like betting on guys like that. So out of all the people we've talked about today, I think Corey Kluber and Noah Syndergaard are my favorite pitchers that are currently still remaining in free agency. I would have loved a Jose Quintana or your Taiwan Walkers. Obviously, a DeGrom, I'd take a flyer on. I don't care if his shoulder's messed up. You know, obviously, players like that, um, Senga, all these people. But I really do think that those are in the price range, and especially if we want the Padres to do more things, maybe add another bullpen arm or you add someone at first base if they want to i don't think they're going to do that but i just like keeping the options open i think those two guys could be great and not to mention what if they could be dudes who maybe if they don't work out as starters i would love to see how they work in the bullpen uh in fact especially Syndergaard. maybe that's what his destiny could be maybe he could be a lights out bullpen pitcher i don't know there's still value in that i don't trust some of those other guys i think of all these gonna get overpaid i think chris bassett's gonna get overpaid I think that Michael Waka isn't any good, <laughs> right? Like I, that's that's my kind of vibe um, that I'm heading into this off season. So, bookmark it, tweet it back at me. My personal picks right now for the Padres for starting pitcher to fill out that spot are Noah Syndergaard and Corey Kluber. That I could be dead wrong. I could be, I could be. And unless there's another name that emerges, unless Pablo Lopez, because it is the Marlins, unless they kind of undervalue him too much and all it takes is like Grisham and I don't know Joshua Mears and then throw in another relief pitcher and then it's a deal all of a sudden I, I wouldn't mind that I might not even mind a Jackson Merrill trade in that case I, you know what I mean I might not I, I don't I'm not thrilled to trade him the only prospect I refuse to trade though is Luis Campisano don't do it Preller I don't care who you get okay that's not true if you, if you got a superstar that'd be great but that's my thing and it, reportedly we're going to talk about this probably in another time, but reportedly the Brian Reynolds ask, asking price is way too much. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the Pirates are doing there. Eh, I do know what they're doing there. They're probably being smart, but it's just what is going on? Like, figure it out, Pittsburgh, because this guy's been in trade rumors for like two and a half years now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, those are my thoughts on the Padres' starting pitching situation and who I think could potentially fit well in that last spot, but. You know, now that this episode's going out, they're going to sign Carlos Renan to an eight-year, $250 million deal because I'm an idiot and know nothing about the sage of the six paths that is A.J. Prowler. But yeah, that about does it, ladies and gentlemen, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod 
that may be better than the Padres themselves. Might do some crossovers in the coming days, maybe with Locked On Marlins, maybe with somebody else. Going to continue player reviews this week, finally, assuming we don't get another crazy announcement. Um, but yeah, going to be recapping stuff, talking all things Padres. It's going to be a blast, and I hope you uh, join this whole road for me. You know, join this this path, this journey with me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and feel free to send me messages on Twitter. Any questions, I would love to answer them on the show. I'm going to start doing, um, putting out more mailbag requests and whatnot. I would love to answer all your guys' questions. Go subscribe to the YouTube as well. Um, yeah. And and send me questions about anything. Comics. I've been reading a crap ton of comics lately. Would love. Trust me. Trust me. Ask my friends. I would love to talk about comics. I love that. Uh, but anyway, guys. With that all being said, stay safe and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies, and take care. Bang! Come on, come on.